A documentary film caught a pretty interesting sight on the plains and the savannas under the shadow of Mount Kilimanjaro. There in the distance you could see the mountains and the animals that lived on the plain and there were these water buffalo that kind of wandered about the plain looking for grass. But what was interesting is there had been an elephant that lost its family to poachers. And because this elephant was all alone and, and had no companions that were elephants, it took upon itself to be the leader of a group of those water buffalo. Elephant like to continue to graze and move on as they go a little bit faster than the water buffalo. But it gathered these water buffalo and it, it made them move on from place to place. And they followed this elephant. Quite interesting to see it become the leader, the, I guess you could say, the shepherd of those buffalo. Until you started to see how the elephant operated, you thought this elephant was a caring shepherd. But no, it just wanted to be in charge and make sure things were in order because you saw if one of those water buffaloes started going the wrong way or didn't come with the rest of the herd, it would promptly charge into it, knock it flat on the ground, and the water buffalo would fall over, get up, and then obediently get in line and follow the elephant. Some shepherd. Maybe that's the kind of shepherding that some of you have seen or maybe experienced at some point. The kind of shepherding that when someone gets out of line, the leader just pushes them over, gets them back on the right track, and maybe it's for good, maybe for not for good, but they do it in such a way that it doesn't feel like the shepherd really cares about the sheep. Sadly, this has happened throughout history, and not just the, the business world, but even within Christian churches. And maybe Christians at times will feel that they're being shepherded in a way that they're being forced to step in line. Of course, we know that's not what our good shepherd designed for his church. And what we see in God's word today is Jesus lives. And because by the power of our living Savior, we have his word and he is our living good shepherd, he lives to gather his flock and he gathers them in a way that's so different from what we often experience in this world. We'll look at God's word at the end of now Acts chapter 2. I recall these last weeks we've been looking at what God's word says in Acts 2 about the, the Lord gathering his flock through the power of the preaching of the apostles. We saw how the flock grew on the day of Pentecost as we read in Acts 2 as the crowd hears the people preaching the gospel in their own tongues, and, and Peter and the apostles tell them about the message of Jesus who was crucified and how they, who through faith and in baptism are forgiven of their sins, receive the Spirit. And it says 3,000 were added to their number that day. The church was growing and they were being gathered by the Lord of the church. Picture what they enjoyed the message of forgiveness, the knowledge that God loves them, that even though they were guilty of killing the Son of God, he still wanted them as part of his flock in grace and gathered them with many others. And that brings us to the end of Acts chapter 2. And Luke wants, the author of the book of Acts, wants for us to see a picture of what that gathering led them to. What uh, a church and the early Christian church first started to look like. He says, 
they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Note that the disciples, the believers that were gathered by the Lord, as they were together by him, they were devoted to his teaching, to the apostles' teaching. The message that we confess and know that Jesus died, rose again, and is seated on his throne and will come again. That Jesus is our Lord. This is the teaching that they gathered around. And it says they devoted himself, themselves to it. That is, they, they held tightly to it. They were dedicated to this message. Isn't that what believers should be gathered around? Not gathered as some mere social club or gathered because of some self or political interest or activity. No, it, this is the reason why we gather and it's the strength around which we gather, the teaching of God's word. And it says, and to the fellowship. Now, we use that word fellowship a lot in various ways, but really what it means is sharing together in something. That is, when the believers gathered together, it wasn't just like they were sitting on their desk watching something online. They shared their lives. They shared their time. They shared with one another all that they had. That fellowship meant that they would share one another's burdens, share one another's joys. Isn't that what we should see as God's flock gathers? They devoted themselves to that type of sharing together. And it says the breaking of bread. That included sharing not just their time and their hearts, but sharing what they had. They would sit down for meals together and share their possessions. And, yes, to prayer. Some might say prayer is a, a very personal thing, and it is. But isn't prayer something that believers should gather around and say together? And I'm not just talking about gathering around here as we'll see later on, they, they gather daily for this. Do you devote yourself to prayer? And not just prayer, but as you share together in prayer with your family members. Do you speak prayer with them often? And do you devote yourself to time for this with them? You know, when we look at this, what the disciples, the early believers gathered around, we can say, this, this is ideal, this is a blessing to have this, to be devoted to the teaching of God's word, to have fellowship with each other, to share in food and lives, and to pray together. Kind of looks like what we do in our worship life, doesn't it? Only this is something that we have to admit, though we have it, is it always there as it ought to be? We read on as it says, everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed through the apostles. You might say, well, okay, there, there are churches with faith healers. Where, where is that today? But God doesn't promise what we see here to be present in every church. Rather, this is what the church enjoyed as it set out to preach the gospel. They knew these signs and wonders confirmed the teaching of those apostles. And don't we have the same? It says, everyone was filled with awe at those signs and wonders. Don't you and I have those signs and wonders of, of the prophets, of Christ, of the apostles recorded for us? And do we open the pages of Scripture and do we marvel and wonder that this is what God did as he set out his message and began to gather his flock? Do we sometimes just dismiss it as, oh yeah, those accounts, those things happened. 
stepped in and did these things, these miracles through his people and through his son. It goes on, all the believers were together and had everything in common. You know, once again, it mentions gathering together. That is, taking time in person to meet together. And it says they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Maybe now as we listen to the description of the church, we take a step back and hesitate. Notice as God gathers his flock, it's the opposite of what we're familiar with in this world. We're familiar with people despising or dismissing God's word. We're familiar with people not wanting to share together but withdrawing. We're familiar with people who are not filled with awe at the word of our God and what our God has done. And of course, selfishness is what's common, not sharing in common. Maybe as we look at this, we might even hesitate and say, well, does God really want that to be done? That we sell our possessions and and give to people in need? Do we have to do that? The believers weren't commanded to do that. But they wanted to do that. And when we see that, doesn't the new self in us say, that is good. I want that kind of a heart, that selflessness, that desire to give to others and to be able to let go of the shackles of my couch and my possessions and to really love others as I ought. And then we see every day, They continued to meet together in the temple courts. So much there. First of all, every day, maybe we come once a week. Maybe it's a struggle sometimes to make it every week. But every day, this is what the church enjoyed. The church was not under some command to meet every day. But we can look at this and marvel and see what blessing to be gathered in fellowship and the word of God every day. And to share together every day. As we see later on, that's not just at church in the temple courts, but in the temple courts does mean something. They gathered every day to give witness to those around them. When you gather in the house of the Lord, you gather to give witness to your community that this is a message you want to share and invite people to hear. And as they gathered every day, they were giving witness as they gathered that they loved the word of God and one another. Once again, as I look at this, I have to confess, do I do this? They broke bread in their homes and ate together. We see they didn't just gather in the house of the Lord to be witnesses. They opened their homes. And maybe, yes, at times you might open your house so that some people can gather and they can meet with you and you'll share part of your home with them. But every day, they met together and they enjoyed opening their homes and meals together in their homes with one another. The kind of hospitality that I think a lot of us probably find discomfort with and would hesitate, but wouldn't it be a blessing if this was something pouring out of the heart of God's people? My home, your home. Come. Enjoy the blessings God has given. And then as you read on, it says, they did this with glad and sincere hearts. And this, I think, is the part that hits me the hardest. 
when you open your home, when you meet every day, when you give of your possessions and you selflessly look and put the interest of others first, you always do it with a glad and sincere heart. Or does it sometimes need to be mandated? Some Christian churches will say, you have to meet this, you have to do this, and if you don't do this, you're not a real Christian. Is it done with a glad heart? Or some will say that if, if you just do this, then you'll truly be blessed. Is that why they did this? You see, the, the difference here is none of this was commanded or mandated by God, but they chose gladly to do this every day, to gather, to share, to meet, to pray, to be around the word. And then it says, with sincere hearts. And don't be mistaken, these, these early Christians were not some perfect people that held on to this forever. In fact, Luke will record the next time he mentions this that there's some, there's some hypocrisy, some insincerity creeping in. And not all of them are doing this with a sincere, genuine love, but have hidden motives. And maybe we recognize the time that creeps into our heart. We'll do good, but maybe sometimes there's that facade, that, that show of love, and it's not done always as it truly ought to be. And they enjoyed the favor of God and praised him, enjoyed the favor of all the people. You know, when, when we look at this, we see not a church that is rammed over by its leadership, but a church that grows from within, built up by the word. We see what God intends as he gathers his flock. And you know, we can say, we've enjoyed a measure of this, haven't we? We know what it's like to have these gifts, to know the glad and sincere hearts that come with fellowship, that come with being together, to be everything in common and to share of our burdens, our cares, and our joys, to open our lives, our hearts, and our homes. And yet, we see as we read on in the book of Acts, God is doing this. He's gathering his church to build them up for what is about to happen. They will not always be able to gather. They won't always be able to enjoy glad and sincere hearts. In fact, you read the next chapter, you read the following chapters, the apostles are thrown in jail. The believers are scattered. A great persecution happens in the church. And yet, to make them ready for that, God gave them times of blessing and refreshing. They took opportunity to feed on the bread of life and to share their lives and their homes. That when the day of trouble came, they knew their good shepherd. When the world would turn against them and when from within they would face hypocrisy and deceit and insincere hearts, those who had been fed could still stand with awe and thanksgiving and joy that they had their good shepherd. And notice it says at the end of this, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Not they added to God's church. Not because they were devoted did God bless them. No, God, the Lord, added to their numbers. He is the one who had brought them as the good shepherd to share in his blessings. And he is the one who is continuing to gather others to his flock. Still, the, the church today might desire to grow and they might put forward these standards, but what will make us strong, what will make us blessed, what will give us glad and sincere hearts is devotion to the word of our God, fellowship and sharing with one another, to be devoted to those things. 
and be devoted together in prayer, to daily gather for public witness and to open our homes and lives. And it is the Lord who will bless that. Consider how the times where we have looked at this standard and in selfishness failed or tossed it aside, but the Good Shepherd didn't. Consider how when Christ walked this earth, he devoted himself to the Word of God as he gathered regularly with his disciples to teach and he gathered in the synagogue week by week and how the Good Shepherd, our Lord Christ, devoted himself to fellowship as he shared with those around him, gave of his time and of himself. And yes, he broke bread and fed the crowds. And Jesus, the good shepherd, was devoted to prayer as he taught his disciples, taught us how to pray, gave examples of prayer and led them in prayer. And even in the darkest hour, prayed to the Father. And consider how the good shepherd performed signs and wonders to show us just who he is, not just a man, but sent by God, the Son of God, the Holy One. And our good shepherd didn't just sell his possessions and property. It said he had no place to lay his head, but he gave everything for the good of his church. And he gave to everyone in need, including you and me, in the need of this world for forgiveness, he gave his own life and blood. And our good shepherd daily would gather and meet and daily continues to gather his church around his word and he fills us with glad and sincere hearts by the gospel and he will continue as our living good shepherd to gather us and by his working he will add to the numbers of his church who will gather together with us too and by his working our living good shepherd will continue to feed us and bless us until what we sang about earlier comes true and we, we stand before him in his kingdom and all the flock of our Lord, the good shepherd, will be gathered. And there with our living shepherd in his everlasting kingdom, he'll make everything new. And we won't have to worry about division, selfishness, all the things that pull us aside. But we will be praising our God and enjoying oneness and having everything in common under our good shepherd, who lives to gather his flock. You saw.
Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The Word of the Lord.